Clayton. John Clayton. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, you know what to do. Text those questions in to 206-421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll get to your questions before we let him go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. So we, we spent so much time talking about Odell Beckham Jr. and the, the list is being narrowed down. We saw the list narrowed down to three teams, which didn't include the Seahawks. It was the, the Chiefs, the Saints, and and uh, the Packers. And then I saw stories last night. No, the Seahawks are in it, and so are the Patriots. The one team I never saw in print anywhere or heard anybody mention were the Rams, and that's where he lands. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I'm stunned. I mean, because, again, it does, now – I mean, how much? How many more additions do they make? Now, again, one thing we know about the NFC West, <laughs> they love to double down and get the best players available. You know, whether it was last year, San Francisco trading for Trent Williams, J.J. Watt going to Arizona, you know, DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona, uh, and then now we got Vaughn Miller going to Den- uh, from Denver to Los Angeles with the Rams, and now this move. I mean, it just it makes it makes you scary to think how good that three-receiver group is. And they're in three receivers 88% of the time. And so you can see that uh, you know he should be able to get some passes. I mean, again, he's the number three receiver on the team. Won't be able to get as many as he probably wants. But I, I just think they just get that much better, you know, getting Odell Beckham Jr. And it's make, it makes for a tough matchup for every team that plays him, including the Seahawks, the rest of the season. Yeah, and I'm looking at, so for Matthew Stafford, and as far as, uh, you know, teams that just throw the heck out of the ball they're third because mm-hmm. patrick mahomes has 362 attempts 343 for brady 321 for matthew stafford so you know that's the thing that we we were talking about um you know because i think they have 325 i think john wofford came in and threw mm-hmm. four of them but they, they've about 115 more than the seahawks so it's more likely that it's going to be i don't want to say easier but you can spread it around in la with OBJ there because there's so many throws. No doubt about it. And that's the thing. It's like, uh, you know, obviously I'm sure they're much better on the third, uh, third down conversions in Seattle. And so they get more plays. So unlike Seattle, who's in the high 50s, you know, 57, 58 plays a game uh, total on offense. I mean, there's so much more power in that offense. And, of course, the one thing is, you know that, you know, running the ball isn't their strength. I mean, since Todd Gurley, you know, started to have the decline with the knee injury and then let go, you know, they've relied on just, you know, throwing the football. And now, you know, they get Matthew Stafford, who's an MVP candidate, and he gets another weapon. I mean, can you imagine how how Matthew Stafford must feel after all those years where he was star for talent in yeah. Detroit, and all of a sudden you come back and say, oh, by the way, Von Miller's on this team now. Oh, by the way, I got you Odell Beckham Jr. It's like you just got to shake your head. Uh, you're right, John. I mean, and first of all, you're like, okay, I'm not in Detroit anymore. That's number one, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because we were talking earlier about somebody saying, well, Quandre Diggs wasn't happy in Detroit. I'm like, nobody's happy in Detroit. <laughs> right, right. You know, but I mean, yeah, it's got to be, you're right, John. It's like, it'd be like a, every morning is his birthday or Christmas. I mean, my gosh, he's, you know, he's got Woods. I mean, he's got Cooper Cup. I mean, it, it is, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. If you had to pick one team, you had a dollar and they said, okay, one dollar, but he gets a dollar. Bet on who's going to win the Super Bowl. Where does your dollar go, John? Well, I mean, I mean, uh, the, the way this year is shaping up <clears throat> is that uh, you know you can't if you if you place a bet right now you're stupid because again, 
No, nobody can. Uh, you know, n- <clears throat> there's not one team that has been able to just uh, dominate. I mean, everybody slips back. I mean, look at Buffalo. <clears throat> they look like the team in the AFC. They lose nine to six to Jacksonville. Yeah. <clears throat> then you got you know Arizona beating the Rams. And yeah. so, uh, I mean, I, I still put my money on Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, but the next money if I would put on it would be on the Rams. Although, again, how do you forget the Arizona Cardinals? They're 8-1. and one. All right, here's what John's going to do. He's going to take his dollar. He's going to get four quarters, and then he's going to put four bets down. Mm-hmm. Put a quarter on the Rams, a quarter on the Bucks, a quarter on the Bills. And Actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the dollar in my wallet because I don't yeah. bet. Yeah. Yeah. John, what, what about the – the idea that Deshaun Jackson left because they they couldn't really find the the passes to, to throw to him. Cooper Cup is absolutely magical this season, mm-hmm. and dominating. So, do you think Odell Beck? I, I gave Odell credit in the beginning of the show, saying, "Hey, this tells me he's more about winning and not so much about padding his stats." Because this is probably the worst team he could have gone to in terms of targets. Yeah, he, there there are just far too many options that are working too well with the Rams to disrupt it by trying to feed him the ball 10, 12 times a game. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I mean, uh, he could cause some problems and he has caused some problems and, you know, that could be a big issue for the Rams, but, uh, Hey, you take it week by week. And, uh, you know, at least if you're Odell Beckham jr. I mean, it's like, Hey, you've only had like one playoff season. I mean, you know, just the chance to be on a playoff team is pretty good. Now, again, I don't know what the numbers are of what he got, but, uh, you know, the the idea is, I mean, if, if Green Bay was only offering the minimum salary, I mean, now you've got an angry uh, Aaron Rodgers who didn't get Odell Beckham Jr. That only makes him even matter. So I would imagine he's probably going to call Barstool tomorrow and complain about something uh, <laughs> like he has in the last two weeks. So we'll see if he gets together on that. But, uh, you know, if you're Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, this is the most talent and the best team he's been on. Okay, so I'm trying to get this. Yeah, they throw it 36 times a game Mm -hmm. with the Rams. So, I mean, you know, maybe it's not going to be a problem for him down there. I mean, you you go down the list, though, and you look at, like, Van Jefferson's the number three guy. And I promise I'll stop talking about the Rams here in a second. But, no, Mm -hmm. it's just just amazing. And we were going through this whole thing, John, and then going – Oh, like you said earlier, oh, by the way, we forgot about Von Miller. Now they have four superstars on their defense, mm-hmm. you know, and then all these weapons. And I know that Mark Schlereth, he um, he classified Robert, uh, or not Robert Woods, but uh, Cooper Cup as being like a quarterback that plays receiver. He understands the game so well. So, yeah, it's uh, th- this is a team that is definitely going for it. And the unfortunate thing is they happen to be in our division. Yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> and they still, <clears throat> Seahawks have to play them. And that's going to be down in Los Angeles. That also has to be scary. <laughs> but you know, when you when you look at it though, it's like uh, you know the the Rams are you know because you know it, it, they are going to get some draft choices eventually out of this because I don't think there's any way humanly possible with their cap situation that they can re-sign Von Miller or re-sign Odell Beckham Jr. because Beckham will be a free agent after the season after same as Von Miller. But they're just going for it this year. I mean, it's like, uh, let's hoard as much talent as we can and see if we can get uh, back to the Super Bowl. John, how surprised were you by the amount of money that Cam Newton is receiving? Four and a half guaranteed with the ability to make 10. I don't know what kind of uh, markers he needs to hit to get 10, but I was just surprised. You know, this is a guy that I don't think any teams were beating down the door to get him, and yet he's kind of being paid like yeah. he was, He was, you know, a, a highly sought-after individual. What, what do you make of the amount of money he's being paid Stunned. in Carolina? 
I'm stunned because again, it's like uh, you know you didn't see that coming because you know right now, I mean, most players for the most part, if they do get any money, it's like two or three million, you know, not four and a half, <clears throat> and even the incentives. I mean, it just shows me that uh, you know they were desperate in Carolina because you know you can see that the Sam Darnold move hasn't worked out, and now he's going to be gone for four weeks, and so you put all that together and you go, uh oh, let's see, you know, where this is all going to go, but uh, you know. I don't know if if Cam can go back in there, pick things up, because, again, this isn't the Ron Rivera offense and the, uh, you know, Turner offense that, uh, you know, he was used to. I mean, this is going to be the Matt Rule, Joe Brady offense. It may take him a little bit of time to pick that up. And the one thing that probably hasn't changed, he hasn't gotten more accurate. Hmm. John, who do you, we're talking about out-of-division rivals. And, you know, Green Bay and Seattle, this is probably their biggest rivalry. Going going back over the last what fifteen twenty years, outside of the division, Green Bay, and then you know Carolina because mm-hmm. of uh, because of Cam Newton. But first of all, who who do you think right now? Because remember, for a long time, it was Seattle and San Francisco was pretty much the the best rivalry uh, going. But who do you think is the the best rivalry in the NFL right now? The best rivalry in the NFL. Uh, I mean, used to be Green Bay Chicago, but that's that's no longer the case. Uh, you can you can start to make arguments that uh, you know Kansas City against the Raiders. That's that's a real good rivalry. Uh, you know, again, certainly you know Pittsburgh and Baltimore has got to be one of the best. Yeah, I was gonna say AFC North is kind of heating yeah. up. A oh yeah, bit yeah, too. yeah. But uh, yeah, I'd have to definitely put you know Pittsburgh Baltimore, and I'd probably put Pittsburgh Baltimore right toward the top of the list because again, you know, they have such a long history of not liking each other. I mean, I still go back to when Terrell Suggs used to you know rip them during the week and you know not make fun of them during the week, make fun of them during the game, and so uh, I, I just you know. We can you know, with Green Bay Chicago being down. I'd say right now, and you know, you can maybe make the argument for New Orleans and Tampa Bay, you know, because even with New Orleans not being as talented as they were last year and not having Drew Brees, you know, New Orleans did beat Tampa Bay, and so uh, you know, it's, it's those division rivalries that you kind of go to. Uh, John, question from the two hundred six. Uh, John, any news on local Bellevue graduate DeCastro? I was upset when the Steelers let him go. Will he land somewhere eventually, or is he retiring? I think he's pretty close to retiring. You know, because again, you know, when he came back and uh, you know started talking about uh, you know whether what he wants to do next, and you know he kind of mentioned retirement, and you notice you know nobody's gone out and done anything with him, and he's not got gone out to my knowledge and had any visits so i'd say right now david's pretty close to retiring uh john you look at some of the teams that uh, that the seahawks are competing with right now um you know as far as that wild card spot and you know new orleans i mean how, how do we we kind of stack this up i mean carolina obviously as bob mentioned earlier you get cam newton back i'm not sure if that's going to help them but they were kind of in the mix there i think they're four and five now um, and then you got New Orleans, you've got Minnesota. Who do you think is the, the biggest threat? I, I would say New Orleans, but without Jameis Winston or without, you know, a, a quarterback anyway, mm-hmm. I, I feel like maybe that hampers them a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, I, mean, I think that uh, not having a quarterback uh, really puts them in a spot where, you know, they may be five and three now after losing, but I think that it wouldn't surprise me to see them drop back even closer to 500. You know, because unless they have some easy games coming up, they're I think they're in deep trouble. You know, with the quarterback situation, because you know Trevor Simeon again, and you've watched it here even with Geno Smith, who's done you know good some sometimes and 
you know, shaky cup some other times. I mean, you, when you go to the backup quarterback, it's just not the same. Yeah. And they're just not the same. And then on top of it, <clears throat> they've got the, the, the worst receiving group in the National Football League. You know, they didn't get Odell Beckham Jr. because I think that, you know, he could have gone down there and easily been the number one guy, but he elected not to do that. And so I, I put, uh, you know, I, I think that they could drop back. And, you know, I mean, yeah. can you imagine if it comes down to the fact that maybe there are only going to be four teams in the NFC with winning records in about three weeks? Yeah. That'd be stunning. Oh, I know. You know, and I'm looking at it and, you know, actually – I mean, this is a great opportunity for the Seahawks here mm-hmm. because I mean, this is a this is a big sports week here in this uh, you know in this season or 2021. I mean, anybody that leaves for the weekend is crazy because this is uh, there's a lot of stuff going on here, and you know you you look at New Orleans without a quarterback. Okay, so they're five and three. That looks really good. Atlanta is in the same mix as you, you know, for the Seahawks. If you're either Seahawks, Minnesota. Yeah, but Atlanta, Atlanta's not good. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, I mean, it just gives you a really good good opportunity. I mean, you look at the, the East, which is terrible, mm-hmm. three and six. I mean, this if the Seahawks, my point is, Seahawks win this game. I'll tell you what, man, this will, this will be really interesting because uh, all of a sudden, I think Seahawks fans are all of a sudden going to start looking up and going, wow, this is, uh, they got a legitimate chance now. Yeah, no question about it because, again, what you're looking at is that, uh, you know, this is, uh, a good offer. That's why you know last week, uh, the bye week turned out to be a great week for Seattle. I mean, in the sense that you know a lot of the teams that they're competing against losing. I mean, look at San Francisco right now. You know, they 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 probably are not going to have a winning season. I don't think yeah. the Vikings now are in a position to have a winning season. They have no pass rush, and Mike Zimmer's in trouble as a head coach. And so uh, you know, throwing all that together, it's uh, it looks very inviting right now. But of course, the key is you know figuring that Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be back. What can they do against Green Bay in Green Bay, a place they haven't won since 1999? Wow. Hmm. Uh, John, the 509 asking, John, is that first round corner that Vegas cut worth picking up? cheap or too many red flags is that the goofball that was threatening somebody with a gun yeah, on to, video to, yeah 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 it's like no don't pick him no. up where was he threatening people with a gun he did it on video he did it on video yes he was waving a gun and threatening to kill people and so it's like uh so he's a thinker oh yeah yeah or stinker one of the two well let's put it this way as a player he was a stinker you know because uh you know he ended up playing so bad you know he lost his starting job even though he's a number one pick and uh, you know, and he's also injured. He's on injured. Re- he was on his, I mean, he was on injured reserve, so they had to release him from injured reserve, and no idea when he's going to be back. But no, stay away. He's problematic. He got picked right behind Rugs, didn't he? Yeah. Well, boy, that's turning pretty- into a great draft. Oh yeah. I mean, I think, and most of those guys are all gone from that draft. Speaking of thinkers, the two hundred six says, "Hey Wyman, in case your CRT is acting up." <laughs> Your critical race theory? Yeah. Is it acting up, Dave? You're broad- broadcasting from Seattle, not Louisiana, remember? I have no idea what we're talking about. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, I think what, it's L.A. I'm not maybe, sure maybe. what CRT is. Yeah, what is CRT? Is, I mean, is, is CRT when you go into a grocery store and you grab the cart uh, and then drive up, push it around so you can put stuff in there? Is that <laughs> is that the CRT we're talking about? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I Maybe it's an abbreviation. We were spending too much time talking about the Rams. Something there. Uh, yeah. Anyway, 
I never. <laughs> I think it's funny when somebody says that you're stupid because of a certain condition, and then <laughs> they're the wrong condition. That, yeah, <laughs> doesn't explain what it is. No idea what he's talking about. Hey, John, remember when uh, uh, Milwaukee they they would have half the was it half the games in Milwaukee? Yeah, you remember the history? Well, it? Yeah, it would be two three games in Milwaukee. I don't think it was half the games. But really, would... I I thought it was, but you know, I was talking to Rabel about it today because. I want to say it was 1990 that we, mm-hmm. we went there and played in Milwaukee. And, and I remember being really disappointed. I didn't end up playing in, in Green Bay until I got to Denver in 93. Because um, I always wanted to go there. Uh, Green Bay was always still a big deal. Is it still kind of cool to go? Oh, absolutely. Bay, oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I mean, because, again, I mean, you've got the... Uh, you know, all the people out there from their homes because they, you know, they have homes right next to the stadium and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, it's like you in have, a neighborhood. Right, yeah. And it's like you got tailgating. You know, they've done a great job in, uh, you know, continuing to make Lambeau feel better, uh, you know, make it more fan friendly. Also, you know, they have all the inter, you know, all the things football wise around there. No, it's an absolute great place to go to. I mean, it's all football all the time. And, uh, you know, it, it. I think it only gets better. And of course, the only th- the only problem is, I guess. I mean, somebody was telling Miss the, the other day. It's like uh, uh, Brett Favre used to walk around toward the end of his career and seeing how they put so much more money into the stadium. He says, "Hey, I got them to do that because of how, my play." Well, Aaron Rodgers is probably doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, John, what what do you think the future is for two uh, these two young quarter and two of which I've been critical of coming into the league? I just didn't think they'd be great, and that's Sam Darnold who. Got off to a good start and then really hit the skids before the injury. And then Tua out, out of uh, Tung Vailoa out of, out of Miami. I just I like him. I think he's a great kid. I just never thought he was going to be a great pro. And I know mm-hmm. it's, I'm not pulling the plug on him saying he'll never be. But, man, they both look like they're kind of headed the same direction. What do, what do you think future-wise yeah. for both those Dis- guys? Disappointing. I mean, even though they're on long-term deals, you, you can see the possibility that Carolina can move on from Darnold after the season because you have, uh, you know, uh, Tepper is the owner of the team, and he's very, you know, he, he, he doesn't like losing. And so, you know, you can see them, you know, trying to go get another quarterback. And I think you can see Tua uh, being out of there, too, you know, because I think they'll go get another quarterback. And, like, Tua's not going to play tonight because of the finger injury. And, you know, uh, the way he's played off and on this season, even though he has some decent numbers, but, again, you know, he's always close to getting benched. You know, I think it was Scott Fitterer told me that uh, Tepper is the richest owner in the mm-hmm. NFL yeah. right now. What is it? Was he like a hedge fund guy or something like no. that? No. Uh, but he was an investment guy. Yeah, he's an investment guy. I mean, you know, and, and the great part is, and I know him now, and so we can get into arguments together. You know, like, if I was at a Carolina game, I, I would always go, I've done this twice, at one at the owner's meeting and one at, in Carolina, and I said, David, my ghetto was worse than your ghetto. And again, you know, he went to East Liberty, which is about six, seven miles from where I grew up in, in Braddock and then moved to Forest Hills. And he says, no, you're wrong. My ghetto's worse than your ghetto. I said, yeah, but you didn't get the reputation in Braddock for being, you know, the, the worst uh, ghetto in the state. You didn't get that. You didn't have a fire chief that got arrested for arson. And so, you know. <laughs> We, Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing at yeah, that. Yeah, it's like it's so. Yeah, we would go back and forth on that. But think about that. You know, here he comes, comes out of East Liberty, uh, obviously a bigger success story than I was, and he ends up going to Carnegie Mellon, which was kind of like the big think tank college 
in uh, in Pittsburgh. You know, a lot of smart people went there, and he was obviously one of the smartest one. And then he built himself up a fortune, and that's why uh, you know because you know first he ended up uh, getting you know a minority share of the Steelers, and then finally when he got a chance to own own a team, he got Carolina. Oh, so that's how he started off as a minority owner there. Yeah, minority oh, owner in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but of course, you know that didn't work for the current owner of the uh, Cleveland Browns. He was a minority owner there too, and you saw what well, he—they've only had one playoff season, uh, you know, in how many years? Ten, fifteen years. What's what's the vetting process like for for owners? You know, when you when you come in, I mean, yeah, there's certain criteria, and obviously, uh, how much cash you have yeah. and everything is is in there. But what about what about other things? What about you know past business dealings? I got to imagine that they really go in in depth and do their due diligence as far as knowing everything about your business if you're going to be an mm-hmm. NFL owner. Yeah, I mean, but again, it's like uh, like in the case of uh, minority owners in the Steelers, and I would imagine this in most teams. I mean, you don't get to do much. I mean, you know, you go to you go to the meetings and things like that, and basically you have to just shut up. I mean, for example, I still remember a couple years ago some of the minority owners on the Steelers, and they're they're pushing to get uh, Mike Tomlin uh, fired. They wanted they wanted him out of there because they weren't happy that he wasn't going to the playoffs for a couple years. And you know, basically, Art Rooney Jr. silenced that, <clears throat> and it, it didn't happen. But I mean, the main owner is the main owner, and every minority owner they're in the minority and have minority of the words to say. Hey, John, just a quick thought. We brought up Tua, but in your opinion, what's going on with the Dolphins? I haven't watched them all year, mm. but they're they're 2-7. and seven. This was a team last year that everybody was saying, man, they really took that step and they're going to be formidable. Do you put it all on the quarterback position, or what else is happening for them to take the slide that they've taken? I just think that they've done a bad job in personnel, You know, a bad job in drafting. They don't have a good offensive line. I think You look you... at them as lucky last year? I mean, they were a 10-win team, and they... Yeah. they uh, no, I think, I mean, last year I think they played well. This year they aren't playing well. But, I mean, look at some of the things that they've done. You know, like, for example, uh, last a year ago, they give big big money to Cal Van Oy. Okay? What did they do with him this year? They cut him and he goes to New England. Okay? You know, they how many receivers have they gone through? You know, they, you, know, you traded away Jarvis Landry, who's now a four- or five-time Pro Bowl player. You know, uh, they, they, you know, Will Fuller and guy. You know, it's like they just, they've just done a bad job. <clears throat> they don't have much a tight end. They have nothing in the backfield. Uh, although, again, again, they've got the former Husky there. But uh, in the end, I just think that they've done a bad job with personnel. They're paying the price for it. They'll pay the price tonight. And now <clears throat> they'll end up being 2-8. and eight. And, you know, Chris Greer is probably in trouble. He's the general manager. You'd have to think that Brian, Brian Flores may survive. But uh, we'll see where he stands. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk again tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light Made to Chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Coming up, our player spotlight featuring Seahawks offensive lineman Jermarco Jones. It's coming your way next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.